0: As you guys have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. As we continue on in our book, through the book of Ephesians, we will be looking at this incredible passage, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. And let's see how God designed this beautiful thing we've called marriage. This is what he says in verse 21. He says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body and the church. And the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Verse 26, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord Jesus, in these next few moments, would we hear your voice? God, I pray that we would see your face. God, I pray that your truth would be not just seen, not just be heard, not just known, but it would plant deep in our lives. God, would you give us your grand design for what you intended for not just life, but for marriage? Lord, I pray, God, that today we would maybe have new life implemented into our marriages, into, this, into the, the, the most important earthly relationship we can ever engage in. God, would you bring us to a place we've never been before? And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in order to understand, um, in order to fully understand how God created marriage, I think it's important to understand a little bit about how God created us, okay? So imagine with me at the top, you've got God, And God created everything. Can we all agree with that, right? Okay, God created everything. And let me just say this. He created everything, and this is the important part, for his glory. Okay, we missed that part. God created everything for his glory, for his purpose. You know why? Because he's creator. And just like you that tries to create something, you create it for you. You create it, and you put time, energy, and effort. This is the God of the universe. He created everything for his glory. Now, there's two areas underneath uh, God being up top here. We've got God created man, and another creation which we're going to look at a lot today is God created marriage. They're both creations of the God of the universe, and he did both. He created man For his glory. He created marriage for his glory. We have to start there or we're going to misunderstand both. But let's look at man for a second. God created man and God created him for his glory to step in, to be in his likeness, to be his image bearer across the world. And I think many of us, as we read Genesis, you and I both understand that and he was created with a reason to express uh, all God's glory and who he was and demonstrate to a world exactly who this creator is so so if that is true if man was created by God for his glory wouldn't it make sense that in order for that creation that creation being man in order for that creation to experience the fullest life possible as man would be to what? Chase after God's glory. Which means, which means this. It means I will chase after God's way for life. I will chase after God's design, God's purpose, God's plan. See, I'm his creation. He made me for his glory. He made you for his glory. So it makes sense that as his creation, in order to be the fullest creation I can be for my creator would be to step in to his plan, his design. And as such, when I am doing that, I will experience something in return. You know what I I get? I get blessing and great joy. I get blessing and great joy when I step into the fullness of his plan, his design. When I chase after God's glory, this is what inevitably comes to me as his creation. It's no longer a laborious life. Yeah, there's, I'm not saying there's not trials. I'm not saying there's not issues. I get the fullness of life because I'm doing it God's way. I get the maximum joy possible. He pulls the maximum potential out of me when I step into his design and his plan. Now, here's the great thing about God. God didn't just create as some dictator and you are some just remedial creation that he, you know, it's not some boss employee sort of relationship. No, God tells us in his word, beautifully so, time and time again, that he's a God of love. I mean, he loves us. And I, and I want to I unpack this a little bit because this is going to help us understand this other creative area that we call, this other creation called marriage. See, in the Old Testament, there's a word for love in Hebrew called ahava. I want you to say that with me, ahava. Ahava. It's a beautiful beautiful Hebrew word, and, and it creates, and, and, and here's why I love this word, because, because it's, it's a word that is packed with so much in it. Now, in the Greek, you're like, well, what about agape, Joel, all right? What about eros? What about phileo? Okay, the Greek kind of, they kind of section out love a little bit, and they break it down a little bit further into these areas, Okay? And so you got Phileo, brotherly love, and eros, um, erotic sexual love and that kind of thing. And so, but but Ahava is kind of this all-inclusive word. So, so when you read in the Old Testament and you see that word love, you're seeing this Ahava saying, so a father, so Abraham Ahavad Isaac. And and but then Abraham also Ahavad Sarah. But then as you read as well you learn that the God of the universe also ahavad us. He loves us. He loves you and he loves me. And I mean, just intimately so. And, and, and here's what's beautiful about this, this incredible word ahava. When you get to the root of that Hebrew word, you discover that the root of that word actually means to give. Now think about it. God says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength." We, we, we learn that in the old first in the Old Testament. And but then God also speaks that love over you and over me. And that word ahava the root word actually means to give. So as you begin to look at ahava and the expression that it's found, you begin to understand that it is a feeling and a statement. I mean, it's a, it, there's feelings involved. When you hear Ahava, when you hear God says, I love you. It's rich. It's that deep black soil. There's definitely feeling. There's definitely deep, rich feeling involved in that. But then, especially when you look at the root of that word, you also discover that it also is an action. So it's, it's a feeling but it's also an action. So ahava is a feeling and an action. God loves us with massive feelings and massive action. And, to, and here's, here's the thing. When you begin to rob one or the other from that word, guess what you lose? Ahava. So you can say, I love, I ahava you all day long. But if you don't have that, that action piece, if you don't have that verb piece, then you lose the entire word altogether. Like it's, it's lost. It's shallow. You're just saying the word. It, it actually is meaningless at that point. It takes both in order to qualify what it means when God says he loves you and me. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, and I love this passage. He says, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I, I have loved I have ahavad you my people with an everlasting love with an everlasting ahava this beautiful with unfailing love this unfailing ahava i have drawn you to myself this beautiful incredible term the god of the universe goes man i, I love you And and here it is, he qualifies that love. But isn't that what God always does? He always reinforces, he doesn't just say it, love gets so cheap when you say it and you never show it. But God goes, it's not enough to just say it, I'm gonna show it. And so in Deuteronomy 4.37, I think we have it up here. This is what God says in Deuteronomy 4.37. He says right here, Because he loved, because he Ahavad, so it's understood that God Ahavad, because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants. And he did that by personally bringing them out of Egypt with a great display of power. See, God didn't just say, I love my children. I love my people. I love, 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 love. We can throw that term out all the time, right? It, it's something different to sh- actually begin to show it. And this is the God of the universe who shows it. And it, we begin to see this very clearly in John three sixteen, right? For God so loved, and I know that I got that I got by word, but but it's actually not. It, it is not. Uh, Incorrect to replace this. For God so loved Ahavad, the world. And how did he show it? He gave, that root word again. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It wasn't enough for God to just say it, he showed it. He He put legs his words. He put feet, he put action behind and reinforced clearly the kind of love that he is showing and what he means to his creation. And so when we're loved, we are wired as as mankind to respond to this. You and I, we respond to the Ahava of our creator, whether you think so or not. When we, when, when that happens, you know what happens? We Get to a place. Now, we may not always like it. This is, not, this is not personal preference. But we are wired for it. We are wired to actually come to a place of obedience and submission. Deuteronomy 10, 12, 12 through 13 says this. It says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? I, I've loved you. I've given you everything that you need. I've I've given you blessing and I've pulled you out of each. All these things are true. What has the Lord required? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God, respect, honor him, and live in a way that pleases him and love. Ahava him and serve him with all of your heart. And with all of your soul. See, there's a response that is solicited from all of mankind. His creation, when his love is directed at us in the appropriate right way. We're just wired for it. It's part of what we do. Which means, to to put it a different way, is we begin to put feet to our faith. Many of our men understand that. We put feet to our faith. We we don't just say we love God. I am going to show that I love God. I qualify that with action, actionable response. But let me just say this in case you're wondering. God will still, this is how incredible our God is. God will still ahava and love you. Regardless of your performance. We fail to show God we love him all the time. And yet God still loves. Still. He still comes to us. Regardless of your desire. Regardless of your want uh, for sin. And your desire to get on the throne of your own life. This is how much... He ahavas you. He will love you in spite of you, not because of you. And he loved you so much, he gave you a way when there was no way. He's been showing us that from the beginning of time. John fourteen fifteen says, hey, mankind, creation, if you love me, if you ahavah me, do what I say. Keep my commandments. Do it my way. Because there's, there's so, something so beautiful on the other side. How can we do that? How can I love God? You know why? And I love, I, God's very intentional. This is impossible for his creation if God didn't first do what? 1 John 4, 19 says, we love, we can ahava. Why? Because he Ahavad us first. You can't give what you don't have. You can never give what you don't have. God knew that, understood that, and so he poured it into all that we are so that we in turn now show it to the rest of the world. We love because he first loved us. So how does this play out? in our own lives. well, I think Paul has been writing to us to help us fully understand this. When we talk about in Christ in Ephesians, as we've been walking through the beginning of Ephesians, we, we hear that term, in Christ. See, when I and you are in Christ, guess what? That ahava has been manifested in our lives. And as such, guess what we get? We get the blessing of salvation. We get the blessing of that even though we are not good, he is good and he produces good because Ahava has been found in us. We then can show Ahava as a conduit of our creator. We become a conduit of our creator to the, to the rest of the world around us. Because you've been loved, you can now show love you can show Ahava, And the man's blessing on the flip side of Ahava is the fact that you get great joy. You get great blessing. So, So, here's the question. Ready for the question? <laughs> what does it mean to chase, what does this have to do with marriage? Meaning, what does it mean to chase after his glory in the area of marriage? See, I just said, Here's man, this is how it's always played out since the beginning of time. This is what he created and how this relationship plays out. So now let's talk about another area of creation, marriage. This beautiful, incredible, rich, the most intimate, powerful, earthly relationship that any man and woman can engage in. See, God created marriage. It wasn't, it wasn't an apparition of, or, or it didn't come about or manifest because of culture or it didn't come about because of society. It didn't come about because a group of people got together and was like, wow, this would be a great, no, no. God created marriage for his glory. So every marriage in this room or online was created for his glory. He he created with a specific um, picture in mind of what it was supposed to be. Ephesians 5, 31 through 32 says this, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery. Can we all agree? Marriage is a super big mystery, okay? Still working on that. It's really like, yeah, okay? And if there's a guy in here that thinks he's got it pegged, you got sin issues. All right, because you're lying. All right. (laughs) But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So God created this beautiful thing called marriage between one man and one woman to come together, to leave mom and dad and be joined together as a single unit, okay? And he did this for not only our benefit, but for his glory. He wanted to display, and basically what he's saying, I want to display when you look at our relationship You can see our relationship in this relationship between a husband and a wife. As you look at a husband and wife relationship, so you should see a Jesus Christ and creation and child relationship. We share this relationship as the church and Jesus, he is the bridegroom. We are the bride as he talks about so beautifully throughout scripture, even in Matthew chapter 25 and so many others. You look at the book of Hosea, there's this beautiful symmetry between the church and Jesus. As you look at that, you can see marriage. And as you look at marriage, you can see that. And as you can see this, you can see, it's just this beautiful symmetry that God makes. And God does everything for his glory. He created it. He has a plan for it. So, would it not make sense for husbands and wives to find the greatest possible joy in marriage? The most abundant marriage possible, the most life-giving marriage possible would be for husbands and wives to chase after God's glory. See how that works? As it is with us individually, so it is corporately. So the frustration that we find in marriage as we read this, it basically says your frustration, your conflict comes when you, one or both of you, begin to chase after something else than God's glory. Chase after something else for marriage rather than his design for marriage, his purpose for marriage, his his cultivation, everything that he put around marriage was made for his glory and for our benefit and our blessing. And so it actually, when you look at marriage, the disgruntled marriages are actually fractured, first and foremost, from a spiritual level. Not a physical, not an emotional, or a mental one. I'm not saying that they, those aren't part of it. I'm saying, s- systemically, in the heart of us, the brokenness in a marriage first starts at the core of who we are. In our own relationship with God. And he says, I created everything. Look at verse 33. I love what he says here. He says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife and as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So I'm chasing after God's design. I want, if you live out God's marriage, I promise you, it's the best marriage possible. That's, That's what God had designed. This is what he intended when he created marriage. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So when we look at that verse, God's going, I have a specific design and a specific plan for marriage. I've got a design. Now, he's not throwing it our way to say, follow this design, this plan, only if you like it. That's not an option. He's going, if you are a follower of the Most High God, if you understand what Ahava is, you've experienced this love relationship, this Ahava relationship with Jesus Christ himself. As such... As such, I will live out my life according to what God had ordained. So how does this play out? How does this play out for us? Okay, so so I'm going to step into God's design, step into his glory. God goes, okay, I'm going I'm to show you how to ahava. I'm going to show you how to ahava me. Because he goes, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, do it my way. That's what God's saying. So God goes, I want to show you in Ephesians 5, he's using Paul, how you can best ahava God in this area of marriage. And he starts out in verse 21. And this is, I, I love where Paul starts here. He says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence, For Christ, you want to experience the best marriage possible, um, and you want to put feet to your faith, and you want to put action behind the word that you throw out so loosely sometimes this word love. It starts with submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this beautiful word here. It's actually, this Greek word is hypotasso, and it's an actual military term. So for all you military peeps in here, okay, all right, listen, listen, you'll, you'll understand this, I think. It's a military term that's used to say to subject oneself, to uh, arrange underneath, to voluntarily have an attitude of giving in, to uh, surrender control. Now, notice it says, "Hippotasso, each other." So this is how this plays plays out. I remember I was going to—I uh, um, I can't remember where I was. I was going to a restaurant or, or whatever, and um, and you know, I, I ran ran up, and you know, I wanted to open the door—not not only uh, for my bride, but for you know some of the other couple. And so I opened the door and. My wife walked in, and a few other walked in, and then this guy comes up, and and he goes, "I, I got it, I got it," and I was like, "No, oh, no, go, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead," and he's like, "No, no, I got, I got," it. and so we started having a conversation. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I insist. And I was like, "No, I, I insist." So then it became a movement from like to this matter of pride. No, no, I will outserve you, my friend. <laughs> I will outdo you in this moment. You go in through that door. I will get this button. Bl- go, you know, and like angry, you know? I am trying to, but, I, and this is the way I kind of see it. Like how, what, what a better argument to have with your wife than to say, I will serve you better than me. I will let, no, you won't beat me. I will buy you all, I don't know, all right, right, right. I'm gonna love my wife. You know, it's it's this, I am fighting, and so it's like, no, I'm gonna get under, no, I'm gonna get underneath you, no, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to constantly, and you know what, it's constant. It's never, okay, if you do this, then I'll do this. That's not what it's saying here. He goes, you want to show God love, you submit to one another, and it's constant never ends it's always there you're and it's a hundred percent a hundred percent it's not 50 50 stop going into it well I'll put this forward if you put this forward no that woman won't get the best of me unless she gets all of me same the thing same other way w- wives you give 100% of yourself to your husbands. Husbands, you give 100% of yourself to, to your wives with complete disregard for what you get in return. It's absolute submission, fighting constantly. Remember remember the root word of ahava is to give? Remember that? Constantly giving. So, so Paul breaks it down a little bit more, okay? He says, Let me explain how you can best submit to each other. Now, we're made different. So husbands, you will demonstrate this differently than wives. Wives, you will demonstrate this different than husbands. This is God's design. This is not something fractured. This is not something sexist. This is not anything else. This is God's design in order to, because what we're fighting for is the best life possible, first and foremost, but the best, most maximum life-giving, joy-giving marriage possible. And once again, how we, disi- how we talked about it, it's found in God's design alone. So, husbands, We're going to start with you. You're like, great. Yes. We're going to start with you. Verse 25 through 29. Look at this again with me. For husbands, this means love, ahava, your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life. That give, he gave everything. He held nothing back. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church. Imagine if we began to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. We would have a glorious presentation to the world of what a wife could be. A glorious church without a spot wrinkle, or any other blemish. We have been given love. We've been given love by Jesus Christ himself. So let me first and foremost say this. If you are not in a relationship with Jesus, you will never, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, but you will never experience the fullest not only life but the fullest marriage you've always wanted it i'm just i'm just going off of what scripture tells us without god's ahava god's love if you have not first been loved by the giving of Jesus Christ, and and he has spiritually made you alive, and you understand, and you have Ahava living in you. You have Jesus living in you. You will never be able to express to the most significant person on the planet the kind of love that she was made to receive. It's always going to be a fractured form and so that's why it's like well if we just have more sex or if we just have uh, more communication or if we just go on vacation or if you just do this if you just do that and it's all this performance based no which means this husbands the greatest gift that you can first and foremost give to your wife by loving her is by loving Jesus Christ with all of your heart soul and mind because the more that you are loved by him, the more you can begin to show that love to her. So it's the greatest gift I can give Michelle. I, I like my love is fractured. I I try to piecemeal it together when I'm in the flesh and when I'm in my own mind and I'm and I'm living out in my own way. The best way I know how to love my wife is when I am in love with the God of the universe. And his ahava is in me and flowing in and through me so I can then express that to her. And understand this, I will show it, not just because I love my wife, but because I love Jesus. That's why I show it. Which means my wife has full permission to fail as a wife. Hear me, my wife has full permission to fail as a woman and a wife, and I will still show it. I will still show it. See, the true love we're looking for always starts with the Lord. True love contains both feelings, yes, but also action. I'm gonna show this to my wife. True love, the Ahava, like Jesus, is sacrificial. He gave it all. The true true love, the ahava, is shown in spite of the other's performance. This is what Jesus did to us. Did we earn God's love? No, he gave it. He gave it because he ahava's us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And he wants you to have the, the blessing that comes on the other side of that. So we're chasing after his glory. Verse Philippians 2, and I'll just jump down to 70. He goes, I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering. So, so let me put some, let me put some, um, some prag, pragmatism to this, this idea of Ahava. Um, husbands, you leave it out on the field. You leave nothing in, in the tank. You leave nothing in reserve. There's no, there's no, and, and, and honestly, I, I'll, I, and maybe this is just me. I, Michelle is my favorite person. Can I just say that? Like, she's just my favorite person. So I know that guys are like, well, I just need some guy time. Okay, I, I get that. But guess what? If there's a choice, guys, you're always going to lose. Because she's my favorite person. I like being around her. She is way more attractive than any of you guys. Okay? Dates end a whole lot better. I mean, it is a great time when Michelle and I get to spend time together. And, and you know what? I, I, I leave nothing. There's no, there's no boundaries or anything. Like, she has access to listen. You, some of you have seen us on Facebook. Like we share a Facebook, we do. Okay. So when you think sometimes it's me, uh, all right, sorry. Um, it might be her, but the reality is, is, is uh, I, I got no, I got no secrets, and that's important, guys. Your wife has a hundred percent access to a hundred percent of you. So stop the secrets. Stop the boundaries. No. That does not uh, that can apply to anyone else outside of that covenant relationship. But inside that covenant relationship, there's no boundaries. I completely I, I my life no longer belongs to me in Christ, right? And Christ has given all for me. Same thing applies because our relationship is an example of our relationship with Jesus. So I give all that I am. And that's what husbands do. We love, we love, we lay down our time, energy, money, and effort. My dad was an incredible example, and I've spoken about him before. He was a Marine for 23 years, and then he went back into government service for another 27, serving a, whole, a total of 50 years in government service of some kind, and he would get up every morning, and this was the ritual that I always knew my dad as, he'd get up at around 4, 4.30 every single morning, he'd spend time with Jesus because he knew he needed to experience Ahava before he did anything else, and then he would go and he would spend out 12 to 15 hour days, depending on what the day is, and then he'd come back, and you know what, my dad, he would let four boys uh, wrestle with him and interact with him. Him and, uh, and if he needed to help us with his home, our homework, he would go and he would do that. And then he would grossly romance my, wife, my mom. Uh, I mean, it was just weird. Uh, but, it, but it's cool. It's right. And then he would go fold laundry. Or then he would go do the dishes. And then he would go. And I'm not saying that if you just do the dishes. No, I'm just saying his life was constantly poured out and he left nothing in the tank. He left nothing in the tank. He laid it out all in the field. Because this is what men do. This is how we love. And I'm not saying you don't find breaks. Uh, Hear me. I'm not saying you don't have margin in your life. Uh, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you give your very best, very best to that bride at home. Always. And here's, here's what I know. If we find a man who fully knows how to do that and play the role of the head of the family in the right way, you will... Never find a wife unwilling to step into her role, ever. When we're doing our job effectively and in the Christ-like way, you're usually going to find a wife that's willing to step into the role that God has called her to. How does she step into this Ahava moment? How does she express submission to one another? Well, we see that in verse 22 through 24. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the Christ submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now, this steps on certain toes, especially in the world that we live in, okay? But let's talk about it, because we're not going to run away from it. We never run away from Scripture. This is what it says. This is God's design, and we're going to talk about it for a second, Okay? Let me explain real quick about this word submission that it talks about here. This is what it does not mean. Wives, ready? This is what it does not mean. Husbands, you need to pay attention to this too. This does not mean inferior. Doesn't mean, wives, you're inferior on any level. On any level. It doesn't mean that you are less in value or purpose or calling. It is not a a degrading statement on any level. So let let me just literally kind of level the playing field. Wives, this also does not mean that you're silent. And it does not mean that you are to submit to all men. No, you've got one guy that God says, I need you to submit to this one this one man, and here it is, and this is the hard part, even when he doesn't earn it, even when he's a bad husband, even when he's a train wreck, even when he says things wrong, does things wrong, even when he doesn't fulfill his role as the lover of the family, the ahava of the family, you can show that submission and that unconditional Respect because here's what you're doing it. You're doing it not for Him. You're doing it as unto the Lord. I, I do this because I love Jesus, not because He performed well that day. Just like He doesn't show love because she performed that day. No, it was I love Jesus and therefore He's called me into this and therefore I will live out His best design. Believing that on the other side of that there's great joy, and there's great blessing. See, that's what we're fighting for. I'm not saying you have to like it. So, so let me kind of give you this. If, if we're fighting for the greatest foolish possible marriage, well, lives possible, but our marriage is po- possible. If this really is hitting you hard and you're struggling with this, let me say this. Um, I'll give you two warnings. First warning. Um, If you can't do this, then can I just say, hold off getting married. Hold off getting married. I'm just giving you God's design here. So if you're not, if you you wrestle with this, then hold off getting married or don't get married. Maybe God's wired you for that. It's, It's few and far between, but I'm just telling you, this is God's design. But the second warning is this. Choose your spouse carefully choose your spouse carefully. Because if he's not stepping into that, he doesn't know how to ahava, or she doesn't know how to ahava, and and we don't know how to submit to each other in God's design, in God's way, it's going to be a hard life. And it's going to be a hard marriage. Not that it can't be redeemed. Not that it can't be restored. There's nothing lost when it comes to the greatness of our God. See, I... Husbands, husbands and wives, there is blessing when we chase after God's design. God wants the best for you. He wants the best for your marriage. I promise you, it is possible. But I think some of us, we just need to, you're like, well, he doesn't step into leadership. okay. When's the last time you trusted and believed that he would? How often do you pray for your spouse? How often do you pray for your wife? How often do you pray for your husband? Again, it starts spiritually. It starts here. And then God works it out in his way. Look, when we chase after God's glory in marriage, there is great joy on the other side. Marriage is such a beautiful picture of our relationship with Jesus. It's always been. Hosea, when you read the book of Hosea, and I challenge you, read the book of Hosea. Man, it's sobering. When you think about a guy who who has a wife that continued to go out on him, and even when he called her back and redeemed her back, she would still go out. It, it was just one of these things where, but he continued to, and it was a demonstration to all of us of what Jesus constantly does for us. I still love you despite your failure. I'm still gonna ahava you because I love you with all that I am. I ahava, I wanna, I wanna give you great blessing and great joy. And, and it's only found in God's design. It's only found in God's way. Look, I I don't want a live-in roommate. And some of you might feel like that's what you have. A live-in roommate. You're just, a good day is a day you're just not fighting. We're being honest. But absence of conflict does not mean healthiness. It just means that you forgot God's grand design. You forgot that you have been Ahavad to show Ahava to each other. And we do that by submitting to each other. Husbands, and you know how that plays out, submission? Uh, husbands, you love your wives unconditionally. Wives, you submit and respect your husbands, whether they earn it or not. You start doing that, guess what? You drive his love. And guess what? You're, you, guess what you do? You drive you drive him to love you more. And as you're loving her more, she will continue, you will continue to drive her respect. And there's books about all that kind of stuff, but it really is true. When I'm stepping in, it pushes my wife to be the wife that I want. And as she is stepping into being the wife that God has made her to be, it drives me to be the husband I need to be. And on and on and on it goes. And we begin to experience life and joy and anticipation of what can be found. Everything, is, everything gets better when we step into God's design.